This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 7, Episode 9. Welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network of podcasts brought to you by Silencer Shop. Today is Wednesday, October 5th, 2022, as of the recording of this episode, and I am your host, Riley Bowman, and I'm joined today by Matthew Marister. Of course, we're back again after a month hiatus, man. Glad to be back. Yeah, me too. I've missed it. Truly, I have. Uh, This is something... I've been passionate about doing for almost seven years now. You realize when we hit like February, I don't remember the exact date. I should go look it up. February something of 2023 will be seven years of doing the podcast. Um, number one, there's not many podcasts that get past uh, a handful of episodes. There's not many podcasts that get past a year. There's not many podcasts that get past five years. Uh, I'm amazed that there's still people out there that even care enough to listen to us anymore. <laughs> So, but we're very appreciative of those people. Oh, absolutely. Sure. No, Definitely. I mean, we Definitely. love you. And yeah. uh, we're still very much passionate about the podcast. Folks, I do want to, before we get into things here too far, I, I'm going to offer the, uh, uh, you know, an apology on from us here at the podcast for uh, not being consistent at all in really getting podcast episodes out since June, July this year. Uh, really since we took on uh, KSG Armory. And started that uh, whole other venture uh, that has really taken off in a big way for us and is still uh, kind of the big elephant in the room. I mean, I got guys slaving away on the other side of the wall here from me uh, trying to build holsters just as best as they can. Uh, That's what I was doing earlier today and what I'll be doing after we're done with this uh, episode here, too, but um, is, is making holsters. Uh, but we want to apologize for uh, the inconsistency and for the uh, lack of episodes. And, you know, I imagine there's some of you out there that have stopped listening uh, because of that. Uh, some of whom have stopped listening and won't know that I'm talking about them right now. And that's okay. Uh, some of you are, are are loyal. And we cannot believe that you'd stick with us even after uh, everything here. So, but, but we want to thank you for that. Uh, but... I think we're to a place now. September was a rough month where I was on the road for almost the whole month. <laughs> Matthew was on the road for a good chunk of it. Jacob was on a, on the road for a good chunk of it. And in fact, Jacob's back on the road right now as we speak, which is why he's not on here with us today. Uh, but uh, our schedule looks a lot, a lot more clean in the next coming month, several months. So uh, we're going to get back into it here. The podcast is not going away, and I want to reassure everybody of that. So uh, today we're going to be talking about working around cover. Uh, and actually, uh, this was a featured topic of Shooter Ready Challenge recently, actually in the month of August. But uh, we're just going to talk about it now. And uh, we've got some other good good content coming for you. So stay tuned for more great content, we hope, from the Concealed Carry Podcast. Uh, we're going to, we're gonna continue trying to do our best. This episode is sponsored brought to you by LASR, or Laser Activated Shot Reporter uh, Software. These are our, our friends uh, that been our friends for years now, even the previous company owners. And of course they were bought out and the new company owner, Ben is just absolutely a wonderful person. And, uh, we, we absolutely adore the folks at LASR and their software. 
uh, because of what it allows you to do. And by that, I mean it allows you to measure performance in dry fire practice in a very real way by, you know, typically the use of, well, I've got a, you can use it with something as simple as a laser cartridge like this Ready Up Gear Laser Dot Trainer. Uh, you can use a cert pistol. You can use a cool fire trainer with the, their laser module attached. But laser app software connect or uh, via a webcam sees the impacts of your laser shots on a target, records that information, not only in terms of hit location, but also the time in which that occurred. And that is where those metrics start to really become key because you can measure your actual performance and measure your speed and measure how you know, how much you're growing as a shooter in dry fire practice through the use of software like laser app. You can go to laser app, L A S R A P P dot org to learn more about their fantastic software, whether the laser classic edition or the laser X version, which is what I use these days. Check them out. Laser app.org. Also today's episode sponsored and brought to you by barrel block, barrel block.com. That's barrel block with a K. Uh, or B-A-R-R-E-L-B-L-O-K.com. Uh, Barrel Block, got one right here. This one's been shortened for, I think, a P365. But uh, Barrel Block is just a great dry fire tool uh, for you to insert into the chamber and barrel of your gun to make it safe, to block that chamber, block the barrel, so nothing can go in there while you're doing dry fire practice. And it gives you a visual indicator that it is, in fact, blocked. Uh, you get you can you can check the chamber and see very clearly this is a nine millimeter version which is a brightly colored orange. Other calibers are in other bright colors like yellow, blue. Uh, I know I'm missing one. Green. There's a green one, right? And so check out Barrel Block. Consider using it in dry fire practice when you're not using something like a laser dot trainer or a cert pistol. I like doing my dry fire practice with a Barrel Block inserted because it's that extra peace of mind, and it doesn't cost very much for that extra peace of mind. So that, that is what I call very cheap, cheap, cheap insurance. Barrelblock.com is where you can find and place an order for one today. And then also I want to mention uh, readyupgear.com, which is uh, uh, basically our giveaway sponsor for the Shooter Raid Challenge, which is kind of what brings us to this topic of discussion here today. Readyupgear.com, uh, making you know all kinds of great products available to you, whether it's bags, uh, hearing protection. Uh, well, the, the the laser dot trainer that I've held up a couple times now. That's a Ready Up Gear product. Lots of great products at ReadyUpGear.com, and those that are on the newsletter for Shooter Ray Challenge are automatically entered into the monthly giveaway for Ready Up Gear products. So let's get into today's topic: working around cover, uh, which, as I mentioned, is the topic of discussion and the topic featured in the most recent uh, Shooter Ready Challenge video as found at shooterreadychallenge.com. And, uh, you know, this was just a, something that popped in my mind. And I thought, hey, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's do cover. We, have, we haven't done that in a while or we haven't uh, uh, covered it in certain ways in Shooter Ready Challenge. And in fact, I did it in this room here and I still have sitting over against the wall there a very simple setup. I just took a couple of sticks with a piece of cardboard and, and used a target stand and placed that in my makeshift uh, living room here behind me. I'm actually in the office here, but uh, uh, set that up and very basic setup, but you could use anything in your home environment. You could use actual walls, doorways, uh, furniture, other objects, uh, or make a simple setup like what I did here. 
and the idea here being to get some practice with use of cover and also from a variety of positions too. Uh, because one of the tenets of using cover is to not become predictable, right? Coming around cover in one particular fashion, one particular position, doing that once, that's one thing, right? It doesn't really mean anything. Uh, coming around cover a second time, well, all right, that's you know, almost the beginning of a pattern, but you do it three times is for sure a pattern. And now that, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're probably asking for a world of hurt uh, when you establish a pattern and you're trying to work around cover. So uh, one of the things we did in this uh, shooter rate challenge video working around cover was doing a couple of different positions, but making sure we weren't doing the same thing again and again and again to uh, not uh, become predictable. Uh, and that's something that would be advisable in a real world environment as well. So anyway, just a brief intro there. I wanted to kind of turn it over to you, Matthew, and uh, we could, we could certainly approach uh, our topic of discussion here on the podcast today uh, quite generically or however we want to. So this will be a free flowing uh, discussion, but your thoughts on working around cover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, before we get into like the, the actual technique of using cover, I think um, maybe it'd be good just to kind of put it in context of why even have the cons, uh, the conversation about using cover, like what is the purpose of it? Um, maybe s some basic um, understanding of, you know, a, a lot of people might've heard of cover. They might've heard of concealment, maybe uh, just kind of doping those two different things out and maybe how it works practically. I know we, we you know, we did a, a, a course, right, that covered all this stuff in great detail. But for somebody who's just kind of tuning in right now, um, maybe it'd be good just to say, you know, when we're talking about cover, um, we're talking about some sort of thing that um, basically obscures the the threats view of you right something um that ob obscures the view but also the difference between cover and concealment being that cover would provide some sort of ballistic protection depending on you know caliber and, and different types of things where concealment um might just be something or, or is more along the lines of something that would just kind of obscure your your view or their view of you, but offers real no no real uh, ballistic protection. Um, think of like a, a, a hedge of bushes, right? Like you could hide certainly behind that, but it's not going to uh, to stop around. Whereas um, anything, you know, a brick wall, uh, some sort of, um, um, something like that might offer a little bit of ballistic protection. So that kind of be the difference. Um, and, and I know through different studies, um, you know, in practical cases, um, when bullets start flying, um, cover and concealment almost oftentimes, um, if you've ever seen somebody shooting over top of a, of, of a vehicle at somebody instead of shooting through the glass at them or over top, you know, you see these kind of um, almost like the Keystone cops running around in a, um, like a gas station, you know, opposite sides of the aisle, right. Where certainly they could shoot right through that little, a little aluminum rack or whatever to hit the bad guy or, or vice versa, but they're shooting over or around. And so psychologically, sometimes um, 
concealment could could function as cover as well. Um, and so, you know, I'll let you. I know you know off the top of my head. I can't remember the statistics of um, how much using cover is a benefit in uh, actual gunfights. How, how it you know it kind of uh, dopes out. I think you might have the numbers, or maybe have a better idea of. Um, what that percentage was of survival type thing. Yeah. You know, I, I'm glad you asked. Uh, although I'm not glad that I didn't uh, come prepared <laughs> with uh, those specific numbers. And it's been a while since I reviewed them. I know that we've talked about it actually on the podcast before. I'd have to dig back to see specifically what episode or episodes that was. But, um, you know, I'm, I, I seem to recall uh, some information um as shared by greg elifritz on the topic and uh also some information from uh jake jackson at uh, tier3tactical.com uh who I, I believe had some some good data on his website as well talking about the importance of use of cover and i mean the 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 short of that is so without necessarily giving you specific statistics uh, that I, again, don't, I'm not going to try since it's not directly in front of my view right now. Uh, but the short of that is, is that using cover dramatically uh, reduces your likelihood of getting hit uh, during a gunfight. And so, I mean, that makes sense, right? But the fact is, is that the statistics actually bear that out because there's lots of things in the tactical training community uh, where we we say certain things and in, in, in our brains it makes sense and so we we take that as truth and as fact and as reality but there's lots of things that uh, we we accept as reality that is not in fact uh, reality or it might be reality in certain contexts but for the for but the reality is that for our context it's something very different uh, by that meaning that you know uh, numbers that maybe come from a uh, law enforcement. Uh, I'm just speaking very generically right now, by the way, um, not necessarily about use of cover, but that certain statistics that may come out of uh, a law enforcement context might be very applicable to law enforcement officers, but not particularly applicable, applicable to more of a everyday, you know, kind of carrying citizen uh, context. And so uh, those things are important to recognize, but I, I think it, it, it's pretty self-evident that use of cover is a very smart tactic if uh, cover is available and that it, it, it all, it, it not only makes sense, but the statistics bear out that use of cover dramatically, you know, I mean, we're talking by double digit percentage points by a solid, solid margin uh, dramatically reduces your likelihood of taking, uh, you know, really critical hits. Uh, to to you to your to your body, you know, to critical areas. Um, so I actually just pulled pulled it up. And uh, in, in in the article, uh, it was fifty nine percent increase of survival. Or if you look at the actual numbers more, it's uh, a fifty nine percent decrease in uh, in uh, um, serious hits, like vital hits, mm-hmm. uh, hits on vital areas of the body. So is this Jake's or? Uh- this, this is this is on our our site. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, concealed awesome. carry. Awesome. Uh, and so, um, look at you using your Google Foo on uh, go. you know on our <laughs> own website. Uh, yeah, so fifty nine percent reduction. So I mean, again, uh, I think most of you hear this and go, "Yeah, duh, it makes sense." So we know that using covers uh, is key. Um, you 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 brought this 
point, Matthew, of, well, there's cover and there's concealment. And I, I see we got uh, the folks from uh, from Laser App uh, viewing as well, leaving a comment on YouTube about uh, cover versus concealment. And uh, the, yes, uh, cover is very much different from concealment. You've, you've, you've hit on that. And I think the way we define that, Matthew, is that cover would be anything that stops or deflects or otherwise prevents a bullet from impacting us. Uh, whereas concealment obviously merely conceals, right? Um, we've definitely talked about this before. Uh, and we've talked about this other concept too, which I'm going to point out uh, that, that in a lot of gunfights, cover and concealment almost become the same thing, or at least have a lot of the same benefit. Uh, because psychologically, people don't typically do a very good job of, like, in the heat of the moment, like, when we're talking about you analyzing your opponent's tactics and recognizing, oh, wait, that dude's just standing behind a, you know, a rack of food in the grocery store. You know, I can just shoot through that and get them, right? You know, like, that that type, that level of, of analysis typically doesn't happen uh, very often in the real world. Uh, I'm not saying it can't happen, but it's very, very, very rare. Uh, that And so I know John Correa over at Active Self Protection has talked about this from all of his gunfight uh, video analysis, analyses that he's done, uh, where basically cover or concealment almost doesn't matter in most contexts. And I, I've, I've kind of come around to that same viewpoint as well. Uh, now, the, 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 thing, the thing here is that that's key, I think, to keep in mind is that we should be analyzing the environments that we find ourselves in. And certainly it's advantageous if we see two forms of cover, but one of those is concealment only and one is actual cover. Like we need to be using the brain and going, that's what I want to use. Like we always want to choose cover over concealment. Uh, of course, where it tactically makes sense, because obviously, and this is where context is so key, because let's let's suppose I have cover and concealment available, and you, the uh, concealment doesn't offer me very good protection from gunfire incoming, you know, through the concealment itself, but is in a more tactically advantageous position relative to the threat, and the cover while offering very good protection, puts you in a tactically disadvantageous position. And so context is always key, right? And and so that's something that I think it's important to recognize that every situation is going to be uniquely different and that there's other considerations above and beyond simply, is this cover or concealment um, also come into play? So just wanted to make that want to point that out and that what we see in a lot of civilian gunfights in particular is that it almost doesn't seem to matter. Um, but if you've got concealment or cover of any kind, uh, use that to your advantage where possible. Cause it's rare. We see bad guys shooting through cover or through concealment, trying to get at you. So that's, uh, I think a relevant piece of information to, uh, to understand. Certainly, I mean, certainly, if uh, it's a 
like a mass shooting and it's undirected fire, right? Like in that case, concealment is going to do no good because rounds are going to go, they're not, you know, aimed rounds. So you need to find something, um, you know, ideally that would have some ballistic protection, but Mm -hmm. um, in in context, like you said, context matters and, and, um, but yeah, so that kind of sets like why we're even having this conversation, right? Yeah. You know, I was just thinking like this, this idea that I proposed a moment ago about, you know, really good cover, but maybe tactically an unsound position. The thing that comes to mind is that uh, Dallas uh, police shooting a few years back where the, the one cop, you know, basically just got, totally ambushed uh you know you know the scene right but for those that aren't familiar you basically had a dallas pd officer hiding around it looked like some kind of concrete or at least i mean a hard barrier a a, a column right looked to me roughly 12 or 16 inches by 12 by or 16 inches you know like a solid concrete type you know construction of of material, you know, in a column shape, right? So the officer is hiding behind that. Uh, the uh, shooter is hiding behind one on his side. You know, these are spaced out, I don't know, probably 10 feet or something on center. And they're basically, you know, the officer just keeps popping around his dominant side, his right side around that column and going bop, 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 you know, taking a couple of shots and trying to hit this guy. And the, the bad guy kind of does the same thing for, you know, a couple iterations, but then what happened? the officer became very predictable, meaning he kept doing the same thing again and again and again. And he was in relatively close proximity. Again, meaning only 10, 20 feet tops from his adversary. And so at some point, you know, when he pops back behind the column, the shooter, the bad guy suddenly just closes in and flanks him from the other side. Dude never sees it coming. And uh, unfortunately lost his life that night. Um, but that was, uh, you know, he had good cover, yeah. but he didn't use it properly. Uh, he, he, he used it in a predictable fashion. Uh, he failed to uh, maintain visual contact with where his threat was located so that he could monitor if that guy tried to flank him. Uh, and also because of how close he was in proximity, it meant that it didn't take a lot of time for his threat his adversary to close that distance and outflank him. And so uh, just a quick, simple little, but terrible in terms of consequences, a little example of great cover, but if not used correctly, or if in a tactically vulnerable position, meaning close proximity like that, uh, because he could have, he could have withdrawn. From my recollection, he could have pulled back more towards the corner of that building and I think there was even another column or two behind him. He could have pulled back to um, just to put a little bit of distance. Um, Cause I mean, that's, that's, that's a tough place to be in that, that, yeah. that that's uh, yeah. And the a, bad guys armed with a, a rifle in that situation, um, you know, and, and I forget if the officer had a handgun or, or a rifle as well, but um that would, you know, those types of situations, you know, we don't know, you know, where he was when he saw first saw the bad guy or whatnot. But um, yeah. that's why, like, this conversation is really important. Obviously, you know, um, in, in that case, he didn't use the cover ideally um, in, in those principles that we're going to talk about. 
But, you know, even in your own home, defending your home um, is really important. And just the idea of starting to think about cover, because, you know, on the range, we, we often talk about like movement, right? But like, we're not move. we should be moving with the purpose. And, and ideally, we should be moving towards cover if we have the, the, the ability or, you know, and so um, this should be something that we're always looking for cover in, in any case, whether we're engaging in a gunfight or trying to escape, you know, uh, some place or, you know, so um, the, even just the concept of cover is really, I think, important to survival, even outside of the sense of, of a gunfight. You know, you're trying to put somebody something, uh, not necessarily a cover, but a barrier in front of you if somebody is armed with an impact weapon, right? Like you start thinking of how to use your environment to your advantage and cover is one of those things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I appreciate you mentioning, uh, the whole movement piece. Uh, like you said, moving with purpose. I mean, if you're out in the complete open and cover just isn't an option in your particular fight, then like your movement with purpose is moving to avoid getting hit. And while also trying to basically flank your opponent, um, and in fact, the most successful movement that we see in attacks a lot of times is essentially what looks like a flanking, like a constant flanking maneuver. And the people that fail to do that or the people that f- remain more static are the ones that, that typically lose. Uh, but where you're constantly moving forward on and also trying to come at, um, you know, from the side typically against your opponent is, is often what we see works uh, the best. Uh, and a lot of times you see a lot of fights where it's, you know, you're just kind of doing this dance, you know, but there's a kind of, there's a whole purpose to that dance uh, uh, where you don't have anything to use to your advantage in terms of cover. So um, let's talk, I, I guess, you know, mentioning the idea of finding yourself in some kind of situation in your home environment. And this is certainly where we encourage you to practice the dry fire drills. Like uh, we, we started this episode talking about as far as, you know, this was featured on shooter ray challenge. Uh, I set up a simple little piece of cover to use for the example in the video I filmed and showed a couple different ways of of utilizing that in my video uh, along with the laser app software Um, so I could just, you know, kind of keep myself accountable in terms of making good hits, but also get a little bit of time uh, data as well. Although the time data in that example is not so much my focus like other examples or other shoot rate challenges I've done in the past. Um, this was more about let's use cover correctly. Let's slice the pie correctly, that kind of thing. Um, but I want to touch on, you know, rel- relative to the home environment. The reality is, is that in most homes today, most American homes, uh, especially those built in the last 30, 40 years, there's not a lot of construction in modern homes that really offers any true cover. So in most home environments, we are really dealing with the concept of concealment. But again, we don't see a lot of examples of people basically getting shot through that, uh, at least in an intentional fashion. So uh, that concealment still becomes very effective and very important. But you can look at your home and analyze it and figure out, well, what in my home is cover or can 
become cover even? Uh, or what can I use more effectively in that manner? Um, and those are things that are, that are good considerations to, to make. Um, but uh, giving that some thought and thinking about, you know, where you are most likely to be, uh, where your most likely threats may egress or ingress into that home through. Uh, and, and, and you can certainly take steps to harden your home in terms of how having actual good cover positions to, uh, to defend your home and your family from. So um, some things to think about there for sure. And I mean, we've explored those, those concepts in other episodes in the past. So um, one other thing here, uh, let's talk about, you know, not just the use of cover. We can, I don't know if you want to hit anything else there, Matthew, but I, one thing I mentioned in the, or I actually wrote into the episode description for this particular episode uh, was about getting the most effective hits on target while using cover. And so that, that is something I'm really huge about uh, to a point that of like, I can use cover in a manner that reduces my signature to my threat uh, very, very, very effectively. But if it compromises my ability to get good hits on him, then it serves to only prolong my fight. And so by that, what do I, what do I mean? Oh, well, I mean, let's, let's set ourselves up in terms of our use of cover in a manner that allows us to place good, effective hits on target. That means shooting from a sound base, from a solid position or stance, perhaps even would be maybe another Another way we could describe this. And so by this, I mean, and I talk about this in the uh, Shooter Raid Challenge video, but when, I, when I'm slicing the pie or going around cover, I try to, where possible, always go around in a fashion where I'm leading with the foot that is on that, that side, essentially, the side I'm going to, towards. And the reason for that is because I'm, that means I'm usually going to be in a better uh, base in terms of my, my footing, my balance, uh, all of that, which serves to help me with getting good hits on target. Because if I'm balanced as I'm shooting, then my shooting can be done more effectively. And that's something that I think, I think that's something that is uh, sometimes overlooked in uh, training with dealing with cover. Yeah. Your thoughts? I, yeah. I, w- I would totally agree. I said, I, I would think uh, that that's a huge thing because what ends up happening is people, they start off good and they start, you know, the whole, most people understand, okay, I want to slice the pie. I don't want to expose much. And they'll get to that, that edge, right? Like right where they're, you know, they're no longer, they're going to have to expose part of their body. And they, they get that, that front foot and they think, well, if I, if I put that foot, you know, if I'm going to the right side of the barricade, if I put that to the rear in my left foot, then I can get out further and then they lean out with the hips. And so it moves their center of gravity because now they have, you know, their left foot forward, they're going over, they're going outside to the right of the barricade with their right foot back and they're leaning out with their over, you know, uh, with their, with their feet behind the cover, but now their, their top half is leaning out outside the cover and they're, they're, um, they're off balance. So, um, I think you do a good job in, in the shooter rate challenge of, of showing 
not just why, you know, like, okay, if you're going over the right side of the barricade or around the right side of the barricade um, to, to, to have that right foot, because uh, you know, leading with the right foot, because that balances you out, but also how, you know, we, we don't necessarily lean out with our hips. It's actually a more forward movement that we're doing um, with, with our body. And I'll let you kind of explain that. Um, And that kind of leads into, you know, our position on the cover, like how close do we get to the cover? And, uh, but that, that concept of not leaning out, but basically taking an angle and, and leaning forward to expose, um, you know, to, to kind of creep out, uh, behind the cover, uh, is much more balanced and it's going to provide you much more, uh, control over where your hits are and, and control over the gun and, and all that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you described that perfectly as far as don't think of leaning out around cover as leaning out. Cause anytime you lean outward, like, you know, it, meaning where you're actually moving your body out beyond your hip bones, uh, you're actually moving your center of gravity um, out sometimes beyond, beyond your feet. Uh, and when you do that, you're in an unbalanced, unstable position and not only does that mean you could lose that position if something unsettles it, uh, being bumped or suddenly surprised or any number of things, um, but you're, you're compromised in terms of shooting. So your recoil management won't be as good. So hits on target won't be as effective. You won't be able to shoot as, as quickly either. And so, again, you're just not, you know, everything we do, like, has to be done for a purpose. Uh, using cover effectively, part of that is protecting ourselves but also part of that is so that we can solve the problem of eliminating this threat. And so we want to be set up in a manner that allows us to shoot quickly, effectively, solid recoil management, all the same principles of, of shooting and hitting a target in pretty much any other context. We, we also want to be able to do where possible uh, using cover as well. And that sort of pressing forward. So again, if I'm going around the right side, of a wall, a barricade, whatever. And if I lead with my strong foot, my right foot, I can push basically over top of my knee and over top of my foot. And as I'm pushing forward, it changes my point of view, which opens up more and more and more of the world beyond. And that is the same, you know, that's slicing the pie right there. Uh, but you're stable and you're balanced. And when you are presented with a target to shoot, you can do so more effectively. So absolutely 100%. Uh, something I'm 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 pretty big about, and when you're going around the left side, same thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch up my feet, go left foot forward, and I'm gonna push forward around that. Now, this brings up a relevant question, though. A lot of people will ask the question: Well, should I switch hands or switch shoulders in the case of a rifle? Meaning, if I'm going around the right side of 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 cover, I'm gonna shoot right-handed. If I'm going around the left side of cover, I should shoot left-handed. What's your your viewpoint on that, Matthew? Yeah, I, I would say uh, that and this is my this is my kind of uh, look on this is certainly there are people that shoot ambidextrously equally well. Um, you, you know, they could swap it and shoot left handed very well. Rifle, pistol um, for most people, probably not as good. Um, and the difference of right, the difference of marksmanship that you may uh, you may not be able to get as as good of hits if I switch over to my left hand and I'm not as proficient um, compared to the amount that I'm exposing 
I don't think that it's, uh, that's a, it's worth it. Um, I, I also think, you know, in, in practice, yeah. Okay. We're going to practice going around the left-hand side. Okay, great. You can practice it. It's in a controlled environment, but in a gunfight, you know, think back to that, that police officer, it's happening very quickly. And if you, you know, I'm switching over to my left hand and now I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start leaning out with my, you know, um, I just think that now if I have to switch back to the right side of the barricade really quickly, or it, it just, I think that it causes probably more difficulty in a already difficult environment, um, that most people probably it's not going to, you know, it's not the, the benefit isn't as great. If you can do it great, if you practice it and you're, you know, um, you're a high level. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but that's just my two cents kind of, I, you know, I could be completely off, but, uh, that's just kind of how I view it. Yeah. I mean, I've gone through some training in years past, including with, uh, some reputable trainers where part of the class was practicing. This was a carving class, uh, actually switching shoulders and going left shoulder over, you know, around left cover. Uh, and, and like, that was a, that was actually a fairly substantial part of the class and doing a bunch of repetitions of that, of that, especially switching a carbine with, with, with sling, you know, involved where you're trying to go from your dominant side to your non-dominant side and doing that in a consistent and efficient manner. Um, but my opinion on this has been changed in large part from conversations with, with friends of mine that have done, you know, actual door kicking and very in various forms and in various places and various parts of the world um, where that was their job. And that's something that they did on a regular basis. And when asking the question, like, did you switch shoulder? The answer is very rarely uh, be- because number one, uh, a lot of times getting good hits on target was the priority and doing so in a, relatively short window of time efficiently meant that there just wasn't the time to make that transition. Uh, but ultimately at the end of the day, it came down to, I shot a lot better with my dominant side than I did my non-dominant side. Even when I practice non-dominant side stuff a lot. And so, especially with, I, I, I would say that it seems that it's more common uh, that I have encountered uh, guys talking about switching shoulders with carbines then say switching like I, I haven't met a single operator in recent history that whether SWAT, whether special forces, whatever, um, any kind of operational you know level uh, type type folks. I haven't met anybody in recent history that said, yeah, I would switch my my pistol to my left hand because I'm merely going around the left side of cover. Uh, so that's what I call a clue. And just thinking about it for myself and, and evaluating that, you know, logically, it's like, yeah, I get that. Um, it, it is definitely, I mean, like I can switch pistol or switch my pistol from my right to my left hand pretty quickly. Uh, so the efficiency thing is like, yeah, you know, it's not like it's a big difference, but there is a difference. And it's, it's a very noticeable difference perceptually when you're in the moment, like even doing like force on force uh, scenarios, like even doing something as simple as like a couple of years ago when we did the whole, uh, uh, Oh, what was the name of the video course? Uh, something about un- unconventional shooting, 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 shooting possessions. 
shooting from unconventional shooting positions um uh, fighting from cover there or we fi- go there you- that was the we, we were both thinking of like the subtitle of that of that video uh product but not the uh, main title which is fighting from cover and like i do some different uh scenarios if you will in that training in that video course that we did with uh uh oh shoot i'm drawing all kinds of blanks today was it john Korea? no no uh, no, that was uh, from UTM. Um, mm, can't think of Mike. his name all of a sudden. No. Anyway, well, we had him and we had uh, his uh, his compadre <laughs> as well that was assisted with that. But anyway, just doing some exercises in that course. And like in the moment, what made sense going around, you know, right side and left side of cover, just maintaining my gun in my in my primary hand and going around the left side, going around the right side, changing up my positions so I didn't become predictable. Um, but yeah, it never even once crossed my mind that, hey, I should switch my hand, my my pistol to my left hand as I'm going around the left side of the cover now. No, nah, it never even crossed my mind because in the moment, what, what mattered was speed and efficiency and getting good, solid hits on, on my target. Tony Lambria. Tony, yeah. Tony, and uh, I can't think of uh, the dude that came and assisted him as well. Uh, really solid guy. Um, but, you know, Tony and I did some stuff, and then also uh, his assistant, you know, where I actually was putting UTM rounds on him uh, from round cover. And, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, so, yeah, I'm, I'm of the opinion that I'm going to stay with uh, primarily my dominant uh, side um, hand. Uh, or shoulder for the most part. I've played a little bit with the uh, off, you know, off shoulder or offside or non-dominant side shoulder. But while you maintain your, your, your same dominant uh, firing grip on the rifle, I've played with a little bit with that concept and that works. Okay. Um, and I, I think a lot of things are going to become context dependent, but in most of my context, I'm fighting with a pistol. And I know what I'm going to do there. And I know I can be very effective sticking with what I know. So anyway, that's just my, my two cents on the matter. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think, um, so we kind of hit, you know, how, um, how, how to keep our balance, um, how to kind of um, use that leaning uh, over our knee rather than out over outside our hips uh, technique. We talked about, um, going right, left around in, in, uh, grips and stuff like that. What about positioning as far as, uh, proximity to the, to the cover? That's kind of a oh, yeah. thing yeah. I see. You'd, you'd kind of hinted at that. I mean, well, I mean, everybody talk, I, I don't know if I should say everybody, but we pretty much always talk about not hugging, you know, cover too much. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where you're going with that. I presume. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. T- tell me your thoughts. I want to hear your thoughts. No, I've, no, no, done, I, I've done plenty of talking. Yeah, no, I mean, that's one of the things that's, that's one area that I think we see a lot of um, people get sucked up right up against the cover. Um, it's almost, you know, I don't know if it's a movie thing or it, you know, you see the dude with his back up against, uh, up against the wall and, you know, the guns up like an, almost in like in a temple index. And then they, you know, they swing mm-hmm. around and, um, and yeah. it's like that, that is not the way to do it. And actually, you know, if there's a, that, that video is very, it's, there's a lot, I mean, of, of the Dallas officer who gets shot, um, at that, at at that, uh, 
that one protest, but um, you know, he is right up against the cover and it didn't give him the ability to observe what was going on um, in, you know, if he was back a little bit, just, just a little bit with, with, with his head right or left, he might've been able to see uh, that oh, bad yeah. guy trying to come up and flank him, but he was so close. And I mm-hmm. get it. Like when rounds are coming at you until you've had, you know, you hear actual rounds going over your head or, you know, impacting around you, that cover looks very inviting. It, it, it You want to be as close as you can instinctually, um, but you have to fight yeah. the, 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 um, the desire or the tendency to say that's where I'm safest. And, and you still have to have a view of what's going on. And actually, if you, if, if you, st- if you're a little bit f- uh, behind the cover, right, you, g- you give yourself some offset, um, not only in, and you can hit on the, on, you know, the, as far as the actual, uh, you know, whether you're shooting a rifle or handgun, but um, you actually have a better view of the field, um, when you're a little bit far further away, I'm not talking, you know, you don't want to, uh, outrun the, or, you know, get so far behind that the cover is ineffective, but you gotta, you, you still have to, uh, to be able to see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's all about maintaining a, a reasonable amount of distance. I mean, cause obviously if you stand so far off the cover, uh, it, it can get to a, a place where you're no longer the one using the cover, your, your opponent, right. is. <laughs> yep. you know? And so, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're not talking, we're talking about not, not being right up on it, not hugging it, uh, which I do think is a very much psych- psychological thing. I think that we think, Oh, this is, this is my little, this is my safety net. This is my thing that protects me. And so uh, just like anything else that you feel, you know, it's like a parent, you know, a child doesn't, keep them at arm's distance. No, no, they run right up and, and throw their, their arms around their leg or around their, their waist, because that's where they're safest. Um, so, uh, yeah, we gotta, we gotta be careful with that. And you're exactly right that when we are pushing out around cover by more, uh, more or less of a pushing forward move movement, um, that's where that starts to become really key because it's easy to run out of room on that cover as you're pushing out around it. So it's good, good to know and good, good to keep in mind. And everything you said about the, you know, visual awareness of the so-called battle space uh, also applies there. Uh, so the closer you are to cover, the bigger, it, you know, relatively appears to everything else and get a little bit back off of that. You can see a little bit more. So super, super important. Um, oh, I was going to say, I, I, I think I'm kind of, you know, I feel like I'm at a place that I think we could probably stop for the for the day. But I was thinking of a recent example um, that has been plastered all over the interwebs in the last week or two uh, was this uh, officer, uh, you know, involved shooting where, you know, he's the guy that rolls up in his cruiser, sipping his coffee, sits his coffee <laughs> cup down, gets out, opens up the back of his of his car, pulls out his carbine, you know, checks the optic you know, and then basically sets up around the the right side of the vehicle and makes this like 180 plus yard shot on this very active threat in the moment and takes the dude out with one shot, one hit. Uh, Very, very well done. Very, I mean, very effective, right? And I was thinking, you know, you could tell just from his body cam view, uh, he's not like 
you know, all slicing the pie perfectly and all this stuff. Like he just sets up. In fact, you can tell that his priority is a stable shooting position. Uh, so he just, he takes the time he needs to get set up, gets all stable and situated and then takes the shot when he decides it's time to take the shot. Uh, it, now, granted, that's a different context than what we mo- most of us find ourselves in, you know, 180 yard shot uh, using cover at that distance in most urban environments is probably, you know, not your number one priority uh, because distance is your friend at that point, most likely. Um, But again, it just goes to show that circumstances are going to dictate what's the most tactically sound thing to do. And we, we, we never get like, we, we always have to keep our minds centered on the problem solving and the problem solving is must put an effective round on target. So whatever supports that action, uh, while keeping myself safe, um, that that's, that's the priority there. So, uh, he did a great job, you know, um, use the vehicle, uh, appropriately some cover there, but mostly for support. And, um, that was good, you know, kudos to him and bravo to him for getting the job done and, and doing it in such a calm fashion. I think that's where everybody, you know, really kind of slapped him on the back is because uh, he just is just like another day on the job. And that's a uh, that's a hard thing to do sometimes. Yeah, well, in, in it, there is a, I think that we also have to look at the fact that where he positioned his vehicle I, I, and I don't want to go like way off, but he, yeah. he, he understands his abilities, right? He understands the equipment he has. He says, I'm not going to rush, you know, there, there'd be a lot of cops. They hear, you know, officer involved shooting. They're going to help their buddy and they run, they rush right up on the scene and now they're right in the middle and, and they don't really have many options. Right. So, or they don't have a rifle, so they don't have the distance that they, so like, it's understanding your equipment. It's understanding your abilities. It's, it's not rushing into things. It's, it's very, you know, being very methodical. And sometimes obviously, you know, you, you, you're reactionary and and you don't have, you're not arriving on a scene, you're being attacked. But think about like, when we talk about setting up, you know, your, your area in the home that you defend. um, And then you have that, that basic, uh, you know, you're trying to set up a, a position in your home that you can defend, that you have some sort of cover, right? That you have some offset where, where the, the person has to come down a hallway or come, you know, come around where, where you're going to see the person first. And so you, you're setting up and you understand your abilities and you understand your backdrop and, in and what you have there. And, um, you know, I think that it, this kind of what I was talking about as far as like using cover, is, is, is also, you know, effective use of cover is a mental thing. It's, it's trying to understand how can I use the environment and, and it to my benefit. And, um, part of that's understanding your abilities. And so if you practice these things and you know how you can, you can use cover to your advantage, I think that, you know, obviously statistically it shows that you, you, you have a better chance of, you know, uh, not suffering, uh, vital hits. But, um, I think that, you know, just psychologically, you'll be able to slow the event down in your head because now you're not frantically looking. Can I stand over here? How do I do this? I'm too close. I'm. It, it's it's just like you know you 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 doing your draw. You've done it so many times. It's it's it, now you can focus on other things. So I think it's a it's it's an important skill to have, even if you know you're not 
an officer making entries or, you know, somebody kicking in doors and things like that. Yeah. Cool. Well, folks, uh, get out there and practice, you know, uh, as, you, as I hope that you can see from this most recent shooter, shooter raid challenge video, uh, there's a lot that you can do just right in the comfort of your home, do some basic practice and get those reps in so that it becomes a little bit more easy for you, a little bit more second nature, uh, because that's the truth with just about any skill acquiring and endeavor is that repetitions is what burns it in. And so the, if you don't ever practice how to come out around cover, like I demonstrate in the video and like we've talked about here today, are you going to do it for the first time ever while you're under stress? Probably not. So that's the whole point here. Encouraging you to hopefully get better, to practice, get in the reps and also get out there and take some good quality training uh, courses from uh, people that can teach you even further uh, about some of these things as well. So just thinking about my buddy. In fact, I just saw a message from him, from uh, Matt Little, uh, who does a uh, uh, pistol skill applications course. He does an abbreviated version of that at our Guardian Conference, um, but I was able to take uh, that course uh, as one of his invited guests um, in Colorado here a couple mo a month or two or so ago. And, uh, you know, use of cover was definitely a topic of discussion. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so it's it's something that, is good to get some practice and some training for people that know how to know how to show you how to, you know, show you the ropes. And Matt certainly is one of those uh, quality instructors out there that I trust that can show you guys the, the ropes and show you how to do that. He's, he's definitely well acquainted with uh, using cover. He's done it more than a handful of times in real events. <laughs> so anyway, guys, uh, thanks for being a part of this episode with us today. Again, a reminder of our episode sponsors, uh, lasrapp.org, laserapp.org. Check out the laser app system. I've uh, been a user of this for long, long, long time now. I'm a huge fan. And also Barrel Block, Barrel Block with a K, as barrelblok.com uh, for safe dry fire products and ready up gear readyupgear.com you can get things like the laser dot trainer which pairs very nicely with laser software um, or other great quality gear and products from readyupgear.com thanks again to our sponsors thanks to all of you we're glad to be back and doing some podcasts with you again so uh, we'll be back with uh, more content here soon and hope to be more into the uh, normal routine uh, in quick order so Thanks so much for everything, Matthew. Final words? Uh, thank you. And uh, just real quick, just want to say if you guys have uh, been affected out in Florida, mm. this is our first time back. Uh, wishing you guys praying for the for the best for you guys down there. I know it's uh, pretty crazy from, from the videos I've seen, but uh, praying for all you guys down there. Yeah, amen to that. I'm glad you added that uh, bit there. So for sure, I got uh, numerous friends uh, down in that region that have been affected and it's a, it's a tough thing, but we know that they will pull through it and uh, recover and communities will be stronger than, than they were probably beforehand. So, uh, but definitely praying for everybody down there in South Florida. So guys, until next time, train right, train often and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast and fight true. Take care. Mm -hmm.